this opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray that you would bless the preparation of your word and bless the proclamation of your word. Give us ears to hear, minds to understand, hearts to accept what the spirit of God says to us through the word of God today. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It's a joy to see all of you this morning. Thank you to the pulpit staff. Uh, for what you're doing, and to our deacons, I thank y'all so very, very much. I want you to know that it really is an honor to serve with you, and it's a joy to see you. And uh, to our finance ministry, uh, take on your our ushers on the post, technology, and all of you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, it is truly a joy, amen, amen to see you this morning and to be here. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles uh, with me to Psalm 107, and I'm just going to read verses 1 and 2 from the New King James Version. And the text reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And in my Bible, there's an exclamation point there. Amen. He is, is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I want to preach today uh, on this a uh, couple days prior to Thanksgiving from this topic, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Would you say that with me? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Thank you. Psalm 107 is a thanksgiving to the Lord for his great work of deliverance. There is strong evidence to support that this psalm was written after God delivered his people out of Babylonian exile, although some mention um, the, the Assyrian exile and others. But be that as it may, rather it, rather it implicates deliverance from Babylon, Assyria, or elsewhere, the point the psalmist drives home in the text is simply this, that God is good, his mercy endures forever, and his people ought to say so. The psalmist is signaling that this is not an appeal for casual thanksgiving. Rather, this thanksgiving salutation should be overflowing with enthusiasm. And I believe that's why the exclamation point is there in the text. The psalmist is saying that we ought to be excited about this thanksgiving. This acknowledgement of thanks to God is not meant to be a relaxed gesture but should be full of enthusiastic praise for God who has done so much for his people. You know people do a lot of nice things for us uh, that warrant our thanks. Somebody holds a door for you and you walk through that door, thank you is in order. Someone yields and allows you to change lanes during um, a hectic, a busy, busy traffic time that um that sh deserves a thank you the the bagger at the grocery store when you go and they bag your groceries and then they offer it in some places uh, to take it out to the car thank you is certainly in order uh that that warrants a, a, a thank you but what the psalmist is saying here is that there's nothing casual or light-hearted about what god did in his people Israel as they wandered around in the wilderness. Therefore, the thanks they gave to God deserve their deepest level of enthusiastic 
praise. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. That's different from the thanksgiving we give at the checkout counter or when somebody holds the door open or when somebody allows us to go to get move in and out of traffic. When God does something, our enthusiastic thanksgiving ought to be, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for God is good. Now, the psalmist identifies four distinct areas of God's goodness and mercy that warrants the praise of the wilderness travelers and deserves their say-so. Examining the text, we find first the provision of God, the provision of God. In verses 4 and 5, the people wandered in the wilderness. It was a deserted place. It was a desolate place. In fact, it was a downright depressing place. They found no city in which to dwell, no communities in which to become rooted and established, no homes to call their own, no markets, no merchants, no sweet melodies, only loneliness and an inner aching for a place to settle and call their own home. In addition, they were hungry and thirsty and their souls fainted in them. The the term soul fainted means they were overrun by grief and overrun with sorrow. Yet in verse 6, when they cried out to the Lord, he delivered them out of their distresses. Thus the words of the psalmist are most appropriate. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord testify to what God has done. Tell somebody of his goodness and of his mercy. That's the message of the psalmist. Now, like the wilderness wanderers. God is good to us. This world, I want to remind you today, with all of its trappings and with all of the things that we enjoy, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Like a former classmate of mine in California Jerry Hicks had a a pretty little monster Miata, and I enjoyed riding with Jerry, and and sometimes uh, on on one occasion we rode into San Francisco, and we had dinner at the Fisherman's Wharf, and other times we would jump in his car and run off to to get something to eat, But, but more than Jerry's fancy car, more than riding around in California with the top down, more than fellowshipping with a friend of mine, a classmate of mine. This one thing sticks out in my mind most about Jerry's car and my experience with Jerry. That is, on the back of Jerry's car was a personalized license plate. And it had the word abbreviated, Sojourner. Just passing through. It just reminds us that we are just sojourning through like on the back of Jerry's car. We are not here to stay. We are just passing through. 
But while on our journey, God provides for us. That's the message of the text. He carefully provides. He constantly provides. He consistently provides. And he compassionately provides. God provides for us in a way that is compassionate. It's not like somebody has given you something in their eyes. They really don't want you to have it. Have you ever asked somebody maybe for a second helping of food or asked them to do something for you or to give you something and they gave it to you, but they gave it to you in such a way that that, that you wish you didn't have to take it? That's not the way God gives. God is compassionate with his giving towards us. No one born of The spirit, no born again believer in Jesus Christ, no child of God can truthfully say of our God that he has not fulfilled his promises to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19, for indeed it is God who supplies the food we eat. It is God who supplies the clothes we wear. It is God who supplies the shelter in which we dwell. And out of his goodness, God gives us our families, our friends. It is out of his goodness, God supplied our place of worship, even the Good Hope Church. God supplied it over 100 years ago, knowing that you and I would need a place like Good Hope in order to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God supplied place where we can come and sing and shout and hear the word and praise his holy name to fellowship with like-minded believers in Jesus Christ. It's God who supplies our gainful employment out of his goodness. It's not that no one else can could do what we do. I'm fully aware every day that there, there are scores of people who can stand here and do what I do at Good Hope. I understand that I'm not indispensable. I understand that it is God's goodness that has supplied a place for me to do what it is God has called me to do. God gives us gainful employment. God supplies our recreational needs and the like. There's not one need we have that God has not adequately provided. Hear the words of the hymn writer who wrote, Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou hast been. Thou will forever be. Now notice the chorus. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Not a half-hearted Faithfulness, but great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. But now get this in the, in the, in the words. All I have needed, thy open hand has provided. Thy omnipotent hand has provided. Thy omniscient hand has provided. Thy omnipresent hand of God has provided all that we need. God's hand provides. Great 
Great, great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful to provide all of our needs. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. The voice of the psalmist reverberates down through the corridors of time, encouraging the people of God in everywhere, in every place to all give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy, we don't deserve it. His mercy endures forever. And then the psalmist says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell somebody that God is provided. Tell somebody that God is Jehovah, Jireh, my provider. Tell somebody that it is God, not your own strength, that has provided for you. Second, we see the pardon of God. Verses 10 through 16 recounts how the people of God sat in darkness, in the shadows of death, bound in affliction and irons because of their rebellion against God, sin will always take us further than we want to go and keep us longer than we want to stay. Verse 11 states, they despised the counsel of the Most High. Verse 12 states, they fell down and there was none to help them up. But oh, in verse 13, like the prodigal son, they came to their senses. Like the prodigal son, they thought to themselves, what am I doing here? What am I doing in this depraved place? What am I doing in this deplorable place? What am I doing in this despicable place? What am I doing in this disgusting place? And verse 13 says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Now notice, they, 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 brought the trouble on themselves. This was not a trial that God allowed them to go through in order to to strengthen them. This was trouble that they brought on themselves by disobeying God. They brought the trouble on themselves, the text reveals, but they cried out to the Lord. They were at fault for the trouble in their lives, at fault for the hardships they were facing, but they cried out to the Lord. They did not try to pass the blame. They did not try to duck the bullet. They did not try to dodge the ball. But they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And verse 13 declares, and he, meaning God, saved them out of their distresses. God provided freedom from those held in captivity by sin. He brought them out of darkness into the marvelous light. He took the muzzle off their mouths so that they could sing Zion songs again. He took the chains off their wrists so that they could clap and raise holy hands again. He took the shackles off their feet so that they could dance like David danced once more and again. Therefore, the psalmist admonished the people to all give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Tell somebody that I messed up. But God has redeemed me. Tell somebody that I dropped the ball. But God has redeemed me. Tell somebody that I have not always done it right. But I cried to God, and God redeemed me. Some 
sometimes people of God wander away from God. I believe Roby Robinson and John Wife captures the proclivity of the human heart to wander away from God in the last stanza of an old hymn of the church entitled, Come Thy Fount. Listen carefully to the words of the fourth stanza. Stanza, oh, to grace, how great a debtor. I am constrained to be, let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Now get this, the writer says, prone to wonder. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. His mercy endures forever. For he has given us a remedy for our sins. Thank God he has given us the cure for our transgressions, for our flops, our flounders, and our failures. Thank God he has given us the antidote for our guilt and shame associated with our own personal and private wilderness wandering. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for it is he who breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the captives Free his blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. Oh, thank God for Jesus. For it is he who gallantly suffered on Calvary's cross. It was he who graciously shed his blood to wash away our sins. Jesus, it was Jesus who gloriously got up. From the grave on the third day Sunday morning with all power in his hands. It is Jesus who guarantees that all who come to him will find rest, relevance, rewards, and rejoicing. No wonder the psalmist said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good, his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so that Jesus, the lily of the valley, Jesus, our bright and morning star, Jesus has suffered and bled, died, rose from the grave, saved us from our sin death, never to be guilty again. Third, we see the passion of God. Verse 17 states, fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. The word fool in the text denotes those who were spiritually deficient in their decision-making processes. They are not unintelligent, just rebellious. It wasn't that they didn't know right from wrong. It wasn't that they couldn't distinguish between good and evil. It wasn't that no prophet had admonished them to stay on the Lord's side. 
simply stated, they willfully chose rebellion against the word, the will, and the ways of God. So it was, sin did what sin has a tendency to do. Sin took his eventual toll upon the physical health of the people. So much so, until food had no appeal, and they drew near to the gate of death. So saith verse 18. Now we know from scripture that all sickness is not related to personal sin. We know that. Such was the case of the man born blind in John chapter 9. The disciples asked Jesus in verse 2, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? In other words, the disciples were asking who messed up this man or his his parents that he was born blind. But notice what Jesus says in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the word of God should be revealed in him. But in today's text, the psalmist points his readers to a direct connection between the sins of God's people and their physical ailments. They were sick because of sin. But thank God for verse 19. Verse 19 shines light into a very dark place. The winds of fresh hope blow in verse 19. In verse 19, we see the goodness and the mercy of God. In verse, verse 19 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. In verse 19, God wrapped it up, but in verse 20, he put a bow on it. In verse 19, God delivered them from their distress. But in verse 20, he delivered them from their destruction. Verse 20 recounts, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. This is a picture of the passion of God, moving the person of God to exercise the prerogative of God, to heal the people of God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. As we look around our world, we see people who are seriously afflicted. Some are suffering mental anguish. Some are struggling with emotional abuse. Some are suffering the damage and effects of drug, alcohol, and sexual misconduct. Some are paying the penalty for such sins right now in their bodies. Some are even at the gate of death. Yet the word of the psalmist reminds us today that our God is still passionate about his people. God reminds us today that there's still hope. There's still help in the word. And there is still healing in his word. God reminds us today not to give up, not to give out, not to give in. God is still in the healing business. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemer of the Lord say that God is passionate towards his people. That even when sin makes us sick, God can heal our bodies. Fourth and finally, we see the protection of God. Verses 23 through 32 tells the story of mariners or sailors tossed to and fro on a tumultuous sea. 
Dark clouds have risen, strong winds are blowing, boisterous waves battering, beating, and bruising the tiny vessel. But wait a minute. There's still hope. There's hope on the horizon. For the Bible says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad. They are quiet. So he guides them to their haven. So says verse, verses 28 through 30. Life is dangerous. We don't know from one moment to the next what will happen in our lives. We go to bed at night. We lock our doors. We set our alarms, but we never know. We get up in the morning. We get ourselves dressed. We head out of the door. We get into our cars. We buckle our safety belts just as the experts tell us to. But the truth of the matter is we never know. We send our children and our grandchildren to school, we teach them to obey the rules, to mind their own build business, to stay away from drama, but we never know. Even in the church, even in God's church where there have been multiple shootings, even in the church we try to be kind and loving towards all who enter the doors of the sanctuary, we try not to judge and give everyone a fair chance. We do our safety training and have our safety briefings and we have our safety ministry in place, but we never know. But there's one thing we do know. One thing we can be sure of. That is God is our protection. Nothing gets by him. Nothing takes him by surprise. And whatever God says, that will go. So let us follow the wise admonition of the psalmist who said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God will protect us. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, come what may, God will take care of you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, God is my protection each and every moment of the day. Father, we thank you so much.